with the instructions that I'll be giving in a moment uh, this afternoon, we bring our metta practice into new territory. We've been uh, cultivating metta really according to the tradition with the first three categories or what we can call the first three muses of self, benefactor and good friend, sometimes called dear friend. And traditionally this was understood as the way that we can access metta where it flows most easily. And as we've mentioned a few times, traditionally it was thought that starting with self is the easiest. And those, that way of practicing came from 1500 years ago and they don't fully know the intricate contours of contemporary humanity (laughs) and the possibilities of self-judgment and self-criticism, which I think, I think must have been there in certain ways. You know, we have the statements of Jesus saying, do not judge lest he be judged and so forth. So there must have been some of that, but it seems from my experience that it's, it's such a major issue at our time. And so what that means is that for some of us, we sometimes don't find it the easiest to do metta to self, that there can be and, of, and often are at times blocks or challenges. But in any case, the first three categories are certainly the realm of the familiar. Uh, and we've, so we've been practicing metta, as it were, on our home turf, right? With these three, three categories, and particularly the second and third ones where the instructions were to choose for benefactor and choose for friend, uh, someone or some being with whom the metta flows basically as well as possible, right? With whom there are almost exclusively positive feelings, not complicated relationships, etc. And so we've been in that more familiar territory of self, benefactor, and friend, and Often in daily life, that is where we really start and spend a lot of time with our metta to strengthen it, to give it uh, exercise, so to speak. Uh, Today, with this session, we cross a certain boundary. It's the boundary of the familiar. It's the boundary that... uh, separates those of our familiar circle, of our familiar circle of care, we might say, represented by the benefactor and friend, but really including people close to us, people we feel warm about and so forth. And we cross the boundary and we start moving towards having the metta be more of a whole way that we approach every encounter, even the difficult ones, in the spirit of metta, with the spirit of metta. And so our practice uh, has that horizon of of having metta be our default way of being in the world with every being, 
You know, there's a beautiful story that I like a lot of uh, a Tibetan teacher named Kala Rinpoche, who I think died about 20 years ago. And he made a few trips to the US. He was one of the great yogis of Tibet, did, you know, like many of the great yogis of the 20th century, did probably 20 years on retreat in his life. You know, and was a very, very accomplished teacher and quite beloved by many. He came one year to Boston and he went to uh, visit the Boston Aquarium. And I used to live near there. I used to live right next to the Boston Aquarium. Anyone who knows Boston, I lived in the old North End where Paul Revere's church was and so forth. But how many have been to the Boston Aquarium? Oh, quite a few. And so those of you who know, the Boston Aquarium has this, uh, at least last time I went, has a uh, kind of a circular, it's almost like the fish are swimming laps. <laughs> you know, they go all around, continually go around in circles and all the fish are together. It's kind of interesting. It's like the small fish are together with the sharks and they're all sort of resolutely doing their laps. <laughs> and uh, Kala went there and he started knocking on the uh, windows of the aquarium. And someone asked him, what are you doing? He says, I'm trying to get their attention so I can offer them metta. <laughs> and it was that sense of this is the way apparently he is, at least in much of his life in the world. It's a default way of being. That's our horizon. It's quite a, um, it's quite a profound aspiration, right? To aspire to have that spirit of metta. And we train, like, like all of this, this is all a training. So we train for that. And um, today, that training takes us to practice metta with the so-called neutral person. We sometimes call the neutral person the familiar stranger. Uh, the neutral person uh, isn't, doesn't have to be like, totally, totally in the center, totally neutral, but more or less in the neutral range. And so it can be someone who is in our life who is that kind of familiar stranger, maybe someone at work whom we really don't know and don't have much of a charge either way, more or less in the middle territory, the neutral territory. Or it could be someone who is a clerk at a store or someone who could be a male person and, and so forth, delivering the mail or just in some ways in our life, but we don't have any charge one way or the other. So as with the other categories, we have the option of auditioning someone to be the neutral person. <laughs> you, know, you can choose immediately your finalist and parade them in front of you and say, okay, <laughs> who do I choose? And you also have the option for the neutral person or the familiar stranger of choosing someone from this retreat. And so if you want to, you can look around a little bit now. Do you see a neutral person here? <laughs> Don't stare. <laughs> but you can look around and see maybe there is someone that you'd like, because it's interesting when when it's someone on the retreat, someone that really is in the middle range. You know, there may be people on the retreat that you have, oh, that person must be really cool. I'd really like to meet that person after the retreat or 
whatever, or like Spring was talking about the, what we call Vipassana romances, you know. We also have a Vipassana vendettas. <laughs> Where there's someone, you know, there could be someone on the retreat and it just, you know, kind of, you know, it, in this retreat it's, you know, can be uh, the basis, if you so choose, of metta developing. But that, that's actually for tomorrow we get to metta with a difficult person, so-called difficult person. So just... Um, there, there, there probably are some people in, in the middle range who you really don't have anything strong on either side. And again, maybe a last look around if you want to choose one of those people to be your neutral person. And so, um, We'll go through the sequence uh, as we have done in introducing new categories. We'll start with self and go through also benefactor and friend and then come to the neutral person. And and if you don't know now who your neutral person is, you can just take a little bit of time then to uh, see who it might be in terms of maybe someone in your everyday life and so forth. And then the, the practice is entirely the same. You know, that's why it's, it's advantageous in some ways if you have phrases which are general enough so they work for everyone. Because then you just keep the, keep the phrases going. There are advantages to that. You know, it doesn't always quite work like that, but the more it can be like that, the more that the phrases tend to be secondary and the feeling of the metta ten, can more easily go to the fore because we don't, don't have to think so much, okay, which phrase for this person, you know, what should I do? So there, there, there are advantages in that way. Okay, so um, we'll have again at the end of the session some time for uh, questions or if there are any reflections, we'll, we'll have a chance to uh, talk together. Okay, so uh, we'll start again. I'll take us through uh, probably about, uh, oh, I'll have us do probably five or six minutes with the first three categories and a little bit of longer time with the neutral person. Okay, so I'll take us through and, and invite us to, to shift at the right time. Okay. So starting with, uh, starting with self.
And now moving to metta in relation to the benefactor.
And now moving to metta practice with the good friend or the dear friend.
And now beginning to practice with the neutral person or a familiar stranger. Again, the uh, technique can be the same as you've been doing. If it's helpful to have an image of the person, perhaps to keep the hand on the heart or the awareness in the heart area. And say the phrase, first phrase, and then if it's helpful, let there be a pause, could be a few seconds. And go on to with the same technique, if that's helpful, say the second phrase and so on.
the moment we'll have some time for um, questions and if there are reflections, but just a, a further word in continuing the practice with uh, the neutral person or the familiar stranger. Um, in walking meditations or in meals and, and further, um, you can do something like what we just did, that is uh, go through all four of the categories in one session. Or if you'd like to, you could also have it be a bit briefer and maybe do one or two of the earlier and then go to the neutral person. But it definitely is very helpful, as it were, to uh, warm up, so to speak, with uh, going through uh, with one of the categories that we've been working on. That, that helps a lot to open up to the new, to the new category. So any questions, reflections, maybe observations of how was the neutral person? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I do have something. Um, I started to notice that I was going through um, the motions, I felt like. So I was wondering if that's common or um, something I should use mindfulness for to look at what's going on and then try to let go of that. So the question is about, uh, uh, I felt uh, that I was just going through the motions and is there a way to work with that to uh, perhaps use mindfulness? Um, Well, it's interesting with the neutral person, um, there's not charge (laughs) on either side. And so it can uh, be something where the, uh, maybe the usual basis for metta isn't there in the same way, which is that uh, of a familiar affection, right? And so mostly I would say stay with it. Okay. Okay. And, and, and it can be interesting to see what develops as you stay with it. Excuse me? Do you end up having a charge if you stay with it? I'm sorry, I didn't... Do you end up developing a charge like the more you stay with it? Well, see what happens. The question was, do we develop a charge as we stay with it? Uh, see, what, see what happens. You know, or maybe we can hear from some others, please. Um, so my question is, from previous metta, I, I'd had the same neutral person for a while, but... Yeah. I've become very fond of my neutral person <laughs> as a result. And so I was actually playing with like trying out new neutral people um, since, I, since I now feel the sense of tenderness towards my old neutral person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so the question is about uh, whether we need to uh, recycle our neutral people. <laughs> well, because, uh, your name again? Kimber. Kimber. Kimber was noticing uh, having uh, practiced metta before and practiced with a so-called neutral person before that she's very, what was the word you used, tender? Fond. Tender. Fond, uh, fond of her neutral person. So maybe partly a response to Brianna that uh, not entirely neutral. So, okay, now it's almost like you're, the neutral person has become part of the familiar circle. <laughs> Interesting, right? Which is part of uh, what can happen 
And uh, I think either way can work, but yeah, to, to uh, possibly choose a further neutral person. There are about seven billion of them left. <laughs> and that's just taking in the human beings, right? You go to, you go to other species, it gets to be quite a bit. Um, so yeah, you can uh, um, see what, there's something very interesting about staying with a neutral person who has become uh, fond for oneself. But then maybe, yeah, see, see where you're drawn, maybe to also work with uh, a new one. Yeah. I think there was one in the back that I wanted to recognize, please. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the question is um, about noticing when the initially the uh, question was about uh, who should be the benefactor or who are my benefactors, who are my friends, and there were many who came uh, who seemed possible. And the question was, do we just choose one and yes, the general counsel is just to choose one and understand that that one is standing in for the others. But then when we get to all beings, one of the ways that we can practice with all beings is to make sure that no one feels uncared for among your benefactors and friends. Joking a little bit, but uh, to actually come back and say, who among my circle would I actually like to give metta to? And you can actually have uh, a number of people at that time. So that's, that's generally the way we work with it. Yeah, please. I guess this is sort of connected to that question. Um, I find that I am drawn to switching people because I get sort of an emotional charge each time I think of, okay, now I'll do it for yeah. this friend. Yeah. Yeah, so the question is about uh, uh, your name again? Katrina. That Katrina is finding that she is drawn at times to uh, go to a new person, maybe in the same category, because there's a kind of charge and maybe the metta feels fresh or uh, more alive. And is there a value to just staying with um, just with one, uh, one benefactor? I would say yes, that again, there's a chance to be with, the, uh, with a number. And that, that, that does point to a quality that, that I experience, for example, in different forms of metta for all beings, where it actually can be quite energizing. Like I, sometimes when I do retreats here, I do metta in the dining hall. And I go from one person to another, I kind of, mostly my eyes closed doing that. I open them up, look, look at someone, choose, uh, you know, uh, say, okay. And then I do four phrases, you know, and chew a little bit and, and then uh, go on to the next one. And it can be quite exhilarating. And you can do that, you know, on public transportation or in situations where they're, you know, a meeting or something like that, 
or in a public space, and it can, can be quite beautiful. But there's also, I think you were pointing to this, that there's a way that when we just stay with one, there's a different kind of learning which can occur. Like, do I get uh, bored with this person? You know, is my metta dependent on stimulation? Right, so, so I think you're pointing to your own answer, really. You know, that, that there, there, are val- there is value both ways, but we really, it's valuable to stay with it, because you'll see what happens. Yeah, thanks. Um, in the back, please. So is the belief then that the, other, the person you're thinking about is benefiting in any way, like saying a prayer form or sending good vibes? Or is this strictly just for us to be developing alone? Yeah, very interesting question. question is uh, about whether really the, um, the aim of the metta, and is this intended to benefit others, or is it mostly or entirely for our own benefit? Right? And... Um, generally, we teach this as primarily for our own benefit, that we are training our own minds and hearts, and that we are uh, using these practices uh, very much to uh, purify our own beings, in a way, to, to work with our, what stands in the way of metta for ourselves. And I think that's clearly the, uh, probably the main benefit. And the rest of it, uh, in terms of the effect in other ways, I think in the tradition, I think there's a clear sense that one is establishing this field that actually does affect others. That when you read the text, it talks about, I think I quoted one of it maybe the first evening, that the Buddha talks about I practice metta and I suffuse uh, this direction with metta, going this distance and so forth. And I think there, and, and in the text, when you, when you look at the text uh, that we have on the other side of the phrases, you can see uh, that there are words used that suggest that there's a way, for example, uh, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings. This is, not, this is a all beings practice. So with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world. I don't think that's just a metaphor. There's a sense that there's a radiation. And one of the ways that we practice metta for all beings is to actually have the heart radiating out in space. You know? And so, um, you know, and that in terms of the contemporary world of science, it's a bit beyond what we actually can talk about generally. You know, people are starting to explore this. And I I think we know that, you know, when people look at the brain, we talk about the limbic field, right? And we know that that goes quite a bit beyond the skin, right? That there's a field there where we're very sensitive, where we can affect others, where we, you know, and you may, you know, this is, you know, in our slang, we talk about vibes, right? And that there's kind of a field where if we have really a good heart, it can affect others and so forth. And, and uh, so I, I tend to think both, but I think uh, the primary benefit is on our own consciousness. So it's interesting, very interesting. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we know, I mean, just... Uh, I think we know, maybe you have experienced this, when people 
uh, are having some distress or maybe there's an illness or a crisis and they have a sense of other people holding them with metta, it actually does have an impact, right? And that's actually been researched. It's not just an opinion. It's been researched uh, in terms of uh, um, medicine and, and healing. So very interesting. Yeah. Um, please, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As he's pointing to the story of Kala Rinpoche that he gave. Seems to suggest that there's there could be benefit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he was doing it because he thought there might be benefit. <laughs> specifically for the other being to know that there's yeah. coming their way. Yeah, to 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 if they would in some way know that that would be that would be powerful. Yeah. Uh, maybe time for one more, please. Yeah. Um, yesterday I was very much touched with all the good wishes for myself. Yeah. And I felt very kind for myself, calm. And today I'm very astonished that thinking and wishing these things to my benefactor and my very dear friend, there's suddenly no feeling. There's the suddenly no feeling. No feeling. Yeah. Yeah, so this is uh, Claudia. Um, Claudia's question is about uh, noticing, first of all, being very pleased that the metta to self yesterday was uh, flowing, was, was effective. And, and today, finding that the metta in relation to benefactor and friend doesn't seem to have much feeling, right? And... And how is the metta for self? Does that still have feeling? Yeah, so the metta for self still has feeling. So a few things, um, and this is really where the metta practice can connect with the mindfulness practice. Um, First of all, notice if you're drawing conclusions and making a story of it, you know, or making a problem, right? We have a problem Meta for benefactor and, and dear friend is not working. What should we do? Call out the resources, help. <laughs> you know, and, and we can uh, just notice if it's becoming something big in the mind. Right? And, and sometimes that is the way when we're practicing and it's not quite going as we might want. I'm not, I'm not saying sure if this is exactly the way it is for you, but it, it, it might be, right? That there might be a story. Oh, great. Oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah, so it's interesting. So what I just said doesn't apply to you, but it might apply to others. <laughs> so because, you know, we, I think we all know that sometimes when the practice doesn't go what we like, a story develops, you know, maybe metta was a mistake. Maybe I'm just a mindfulness person, you know, or whatever it might be. And so, yeah, so it sounds like you were just noticing it interested. And so a few things. Uh, one is just to stay with it. That there is sometimes a, uh, there can be more energy for one than for another at a certain time. That's just the way it is. And so to stay with it and um, 
you know, sometimes we find uh, with a neutral person it can be not much feeling at the beginning and then something emerges. You know, I remember practicing with a neutral person. Someone, I chose someone on the retreat and at first there wasn't much. And then I used to actually plan where I would sit in the dining hall so I would see this person. <laughs> you know. And so if we just stay with it, it, it actually changes, it develops. And then uh, sometimes also one way we work with it is uh, sometimes we can stay more with where the metta is flowing well, like with self. Maybe do a little bit more there and then move it to the benefactor and see what happens. That's another uh, possible approach. Yeah. Okay. Does that, does that take... That helps some? Yeah, thanks. Okay, so we have, uh, remember tonight, we have the early meal. In about 15 minutes, we have the meal. And as uh, Spring was saying, we encourage everyone to go down there in a timely way and to leave. Uh, There will be uh, a lot of people who are not as quiet as you who will be descending on the dining area. (laughs) You know, uh, probably starting 20 minutes to six, quarter to six or something like that. So it's helpful to eat and move back up here for your own well-being. <laughs> you can stay at a distance and offer metta to them. <laughs> you know. And that means that we have an extra half hour. And so feel free to come in and sit, do some further uh, walking practice, but keep the practice going in that interval. You know, keep really, uh, keep it going whatever you choose to do. You know, if you just choose to, uh, um, you know, maybe rest a little bit or maybe take a little bit of a walk, keep the metta practice going. It'll really help with the continuity. Okay, and we'll, we'll be back. Uh, the evening schedule doesn't change, so we stay, we come back at 6.45. Thanks.